At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We welcome you back in. It is our second hour of coverage here, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Always a busy Saturday when we talk sports betting. And we're here at the Circus Sportsbook Studio in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Ben Wilson. I'm all Shaw sitting next to me here on the desk. Ellie Bauman, our standing producer behind the glass. Thanks as well to the whole crew. Andrew Ingold, our technical director. We got Jeff Jens in the house as well on audio. And uh, Amal, this Cleveland-Chicago game to start the day here. It has quickly gone out of hand. White Sox at one point, they were up 1-0 in this game. Cleveland scored four and answered in the top of the fifth. Only for Chicago to get a big three-run, two-out rally in the bottom of the seventh. All undone by their up-and-down closer, Liam Hendricks, here in the top of the ninth. Three runs already in. Still a runner on second with two outs. Thanks to back-to-back, he had Josh Naylor, RBI base hit, Stephen Kwan base hit, and then Jose Ramirez, a sack fly to right, and the Guardians pulling away with this one here. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, really a missed opportunity by the White Sox because you felt more confident with uh, Pilkington going for the Indi- or excuse me, the Guardians in the second game to be able to win it, uh, but you have some concern with Lance Lynn on the mound for you, so if you're Chicago, you got to figure out a way either to score three in the ninth or even more, and then um, you've got to win that second game Mm-hmm. If not, because you don't want to drop three games in a row starting the All-Star post-All-Star break. Especially, it would be it would be very on brand for the White Sox. So after taking <laughs> three or four from Minnesota to go into the break, and everybody saying, "All right, they clearly figured it out. Let's drop their division price back down to plus one twenty-five, yep. and they completely lay, lay a stink bomb coming out here. Uh, and for people who are saying, "Well, you guys are so critical of Tony Larusa, and you kind of say these you know, these generalities like the game has passed him by," and people might wonder, "Well, what what's a specific example? How about we look at the bullpen usage today, where Tony Larusa?" I mean, he's also a guy who's used Liam Hendricks 30 times 
uh, this year. Only 18 saves for Hendricks, so he's used him in a lot of non-save situations, trying to get a lot out of his hard-throwing righty. But uh, the eighth-inning guy who, in Kendall Graveman, who has a sub-250 ERA, only needs 11 pitches to get through it. You have a doubleheader today where yeah. presumably... If a guy is rolling, conventional wisdom says you, you trot him out there again if you're not going to use him in both games regardless. Well, he pulls Graveman and Hendricks has looked horrific, and they'll probably not have Hendricks available, you would think, for the second game as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the one thing uh, you're probably not going to have, especially with the number of pitches he's thrown now. I would think that you could potentially use um, Graveman again because he threw maybe, 11 yeah, pitches again. depending on how they decided to do that. But let the offense get going with more than one inning of scoring a crooked number. That's the first thing I'd be concerned with that from would, a White Sox standpoint. Also help. This game has gone over, though. That's a, that pregame total. 7-4 right now. Guardians were a very slight underdog overall today. Uh, we'll see how that line is impacted for uh, for tonight. Dollar, it looks like a dollar seventy-five to a dollar eighty there on Lance Lynn as a favorite uh, in game number two. Yeah, great rally here by the Guardians. But the one thing I want to point out, you know, I played the run line on the White Sox. Obviously, it's not going to materialize. But if you took the Guardians... They were plus 165. It was either 175 yeah. on the Sox, Guardians 165. People get scared because they look at the beats that they have on one run. But here's the thing. Let's say you took, like I did, the White Sox on the run line. You look, you're going to lose the game anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the, first of all, you got to win the game. And chances are, if you look at so many of these teams, if you go through the numbers, they win so many of these games by two runs or more. Dodgers last night, tight game. Boom. Cody Bellinger, Grand Slam. They win, they win the game. 5-1. 5-1, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, so I think people remember a game like Oakland last night where they've got a 5-2 lead, I think, in the ninth inning. They give up two runs, end up winning at 5-4. But over the course of a season, a team generally wins about 70 to 75% of their games by two runs or more. And it's it's that general better psychology, too, where we, it is so easy for us to remember the yeah. backdoor beats like that. Yeah. But you don't remember and you don't think about the fact that the Dodgers, what, 90% of their wins this year have come by at least two runs. I think they've only had, maybe it was, what, seven one-run wins going into the All-Star break out of the 60 that they had. It's easy as better to just say, ah, whatever. We, Yeah, you figure that in. But you're going to point to the seven times they only won by one where they screwed your bet. Yeah. And all of a sudden now you're, you know, you, you have a bias in, in, inherently against something like that. Absolutely right. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I, people say, well, why are you saying it's interesting? But the, uh, the Guardians bring in their closer. And I got to tell you, who's All-Star closer who's been outstanding. Yeah. yeah, he's been outstanding. But to me, I, I got to tell you, I would not have brought him in this situation. I would have gone with somebody else and said, listen, you got to get three outs before you give up three runs. And I would rather have him potentially in a second game, but then you can make the argument you may not be able to, he may not be needed. Mm -hmm. And that's fair. So I get why they're doing it, but I'm just looking at it more from a doubleheader standpoint than anything else. And how, again, we are so analytically driven now yeah. in Major League Baseball in 2022. And yet, for whatever reason, the difference between being up three runs and up four runs might as well be an entirely different game for managers today. It's like, uh, what, it really what is. does it matter? Three versus four. It is a three-run game versus a four-run game, and you feel like, oh, I've got to either throw a long reliever in there if it's yeah. a four-run game because the game's over, or if it's a three-run game, i got to throw my closer because there's no way we could possibly have any margin for error. You, you, you bring up a great point there. Look, if it were two runs, I, I completely get it because you, you're just one base hit away, and you get somebody on base, and it, it, it's a situation as Ramirez makes a tremendous play on an in-between hop. Uh, but uh, to me... Yeah, he looks like he might be able to keep the pitch count down. He's already got two pitches and he's got an out. But uh, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, you know, if, if you're concerned about three, then you should be concerned about four. Yeah, seriously. The, re the reason why I'm not concerned about five, obviously, is because you've got to clear the bases first on a slam before mm -hmm. you're even tying up. I mean, before you're taking the lead. Yep. And you, some managers have started to do this now where you look at, you bring in the closer, say, in the eighth inning, if it's the middle of the order, and yeah. you're focused on, like, focusing on the high leverage outs instead of what the score and the situation traditionally would dictate. It's just... How many managers actually follow that? And you have Terry Francota and Tony La Russa, two of the more older school guys 
not exactly doing that uh, today. But at least, like, as far as pitching goes, Amal, we do have some really good matchups today and a couple that start here in a few minutes. I want to run through some of the lines. Two games about to start. The Astros, they snapped the streak last night of the Mariners. 14-game winning streak comes to an end. Justin Verlander now takes the bump today. This starts in about five minutes against Logan Gilbert, another very bright young pitcher for the Seattle Mariners. Seeing the Astros, I'm all about a $1.55 favorite at BetMGM right now, plus 130 on Seattle. Seven-year total, a little juice to the under there at minus 115. Yeah, a little bit of a high price, in my opinion, with Verlander. Remember, he got hit earlier this year by the M's, gave up uh, 10 hits and six earned runs, four homers in that game. They lost that one, six to one, up in Seattle. Gilbert pitched extremely well against the Astros at home earlier this year. Seven innings, no runs allowed. Uh, I like the under seven in this one, uh, uh, ben, because to me, I think this is going to be a great pitching game matchup. Both guys coming off the all-star break, they should be uh, very rested, ready to go. I expect to see a stat line of Verlander, something like seven innings, probably four hits, two runs potentially, and Logan Gilbert somewhere in a similar range. Hey, Verlander sub two ERA, yeah. Gilbert sub three. Guys who've had tremendous, tremendous first half. I certainly lean to the, the first five total as well, if you're looking at a three and a half under. But at both bullpens, we should point out, like they're each in pretty good spots as well. And that's sometimes as a better, you can, you know, you can, you can limit yourself a little bit or, or put yourself in a position where you don't have as much margin for error when you just limit the handicap solely to starting pitchers. Like if the bullpens are good and you like an under to begin with, then as you point out, full game makes a lot of sense. Yeah. This, this stupid ghost runner is a killer when you get that's to extras. The thing, that's yeah. the one thing. And we saw it last night in Milwaukee. Brewers game, Your yep. Brewers coming back from a five, three deficit. It's interesting. They had a runner on, I think second, Charlie Blackman up with first base open. And um, to me, they should have walked him. And boom, Blackman delivers a base hit. And I don't know who the color commentator was, but he said it. He goes, listen, this is not the guy you want to face. They'd rather face C.J. Crone. And Blackman, of course, delivers a hit. Now Brewers come back and score two and tie the game up and then win it in the 13th. But I agree with you. you got a full bullpen. Everybody's rested. You're in a good position here if, you are the, uh, if you're either side you're looking at. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like the first five. And the reason why I don't play a ton of first fives is even though both these guys can pitch extremely well, so many times... You see the fifth inning or the sixth inning are the ones that are precarious. But also, good pitchers like a Verlander, you're realistically over the course of seven innings, Ben, you're probably going to score in two innings. You're going to probably mm-hmm. score, maybe you get a solo shot somewhere, you get a run, or you get a, couple, a crooked number in one inning. But these guys, for the most part, a Logan Gilbert, they're going to probably shut you down for most of the game. Um, and I, I would rather have one inning where it's a little bit higher scoring and have the entirety of the game. And my other argument is this. It's not out of the realm of possibility where you see both good pitchers on the mound where one side, get, it's 3-1 after 5, and we wind up with a 3-1 final Exactly, yeah. yeah. No, I, look, I'm, I'm, I totally understand it. I've, I've gone away. I don't play many first fives. It's, I, I mean, I've been pretty selective this baseball, yeah. baseball season. I think I've made 13 total plays nice. where it's like, you know, you, you just try to pick your spots on this stuff. I really like both pitchers. I also, for my stance on a lot of these series coming out of the break, Want to see what you're getting out of guys. Like you would expect on, on the surface, guys to look really, really sharp coming right. out of the All-Star break. But you don't necessarily get that. Last night in Boston was a great example where Nick Pavetta, or with, uh, not Nick, Nick Pavetta will go today. Uh, it was their uh, their first starter, Nady Evaldi, from last night, who gets absolutely shelled. Yeah. Toronto scores a franchise record 28 runs in that 28-5 win last night. So you certainly have some examples like that. And today it's Alec Manoa who goes for the Blue Jays. It's Cutter Crawford, the, the fifth starter here for Boston, who gets the ball. And I'm all looking at it after this. I mean, you, you go 28 runs last night if you're Toronto. You're now a $1.75 favorite today in Boston. But I don't know, with, with how good an elite Manoa is, I, I place him in really that upper echelon class right with the McClanahan, right with the Verlander. 
even though Manoa doesn't necessarily get the same respect in the betting markets. Yeah, he really doesn't. He's been terrific this year. Now, the one reason I don't like Toronto in this game, despite Manoa being on the mound, he get embarrassed like Boston did last night. Uh, yeah, I Teams get it. tend to kind of come back and bounce back in a stronger situation, but um, not surprised that people are looking at taking uh, the Toronto Blue Jays after a 28-run performance last night. Watching, and that, watching that game last night, it was a classic case of, like, it, when you know it's not your night, when you're losing, I mean, they had two different pop-up, not pop-ups, one was a fly ball, one was a pop-up, they just lost in the lights, yeah. inside the park, grand slam, that you lose in the lights, and yeah. then your center fielder doesn't even try to pick up the ball, he just gives up on the play. You have a pop-up in the middle of the infield that your pitcher, catcher, and third baseman all lose in the lights, and it falls in between them. There were like six or seven little bloops for Durano, so... Yes, I, it, well, naturally, I have bet on Manoa. That's probably the one pitcher I've backed the most this year, Amal, just simply because, the, the again, the market has not necessarily been as aggressive on pricing with Manoa as the market has been on some of these other top pitchers. But with a team like Boston, you, you, can't, you can't expect Toronto just to have every, every single bloop and pop-up, find, you know, find an open space and score 28 runs. It's just, that's just the variance of baseball in a nutshell with, with what we saw last night. And you mentioned the in, uh, was that uh, Tapia who had the uh, inside? Yeah, Ramiel Tapia, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the one thing I don't like in the inside the park, homers, there's usually an error. It's yeah. not really a legitimate inside the parker. I mean, it, it would have to be somebody who can fly and the ball's hit into a situation. But usually it's a, it's a tremendous miscue by the defense to, to constitute right. that. Especially when, you know, you also, I think you have something UFC is happening behind yeah, yeah. us. Yeah, I was wondering. People uh, are jumping up and down. Not at your analysis on the, uh, they, well, they should be at your analysis on this Blue, on Blue Jays Red Sox game, but apparently there was a knockout in some sort of UFC ball. I don't know. We're not UFC guys. No, not at all. <laughs> anyway, maybe it was the inside the park homer on the replay. I don't think they were showing that. Uh, those are the two games, though, just about to start. We'll update the rest of the scores when we return. Get into Amal's A-list, his top college football head coaches as we get ready for the start of that season. That's up next here on Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare oh such a clutch pickup dave (laughs) i know right i was worried we'd bring back the same team oh no i meant those blackout motorized shades mvp of the room Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. 
He scored. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that saying? with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Great crap. We are back betting across America. Amal is impressed already with what yeah. we're about to do here. We're going we're gonna to show you some great graphics in, uh, in just one second. One update, though. It is a final on the south side of Chicago. Game one of that doubleheader today. Guardians, they take the first two games of a massive four-game series uh, coming out of the All-Star break, they've uh, they've taken the first two. 7-4 today. Emmanuel Clause does, in fact, get the save. And he does it in a pretty efficient fashion as well, Amal. He might be available for game two as well if they really wanted to use him. Only uh, only needed, I believe it was, uh, what, like 10, 10 pitches? Or, yeah, 10 pitches, 7 strikes to get through the ninth inning. So that one is a final in Chicago. And we're underway in the two games. Houston in Seattle. Nothing, nothing there. Top of the first. Same deal in uh, in Boston where... Cutter Crawford gets through a very quick top half of the first nothing-nothing between Toronto and the Boston Red Sox. In the meantime, ready for it, Amal's A-list. He's Amal in on the A-list this uh, this time around. Of best college football head coaches, Amal, want to get your take on, I mean, the, the couple guys we're going to see at the top are no yeah. surprise to anybody, but uh, we'll, we'll kind of run through the list here and uh, and get some get some takes on what, why, and how did some of these guys, especially at the bottom of the list, uh, impress you so much? So we'll start with the top here, Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, probably on anybody's A list, I would think. Yeah, absolutely, no surprise there. The thing with uh, look, I don't think Nick Saban's going to overwhelm anybody from an X and O standpoint. Like if you go from a defensive standpoint, a guy further down the list, I'll talk about in a minute. I would take him. Saban's got great talent. They recruit extremely well. His teams don't beat themselves. The, there are five schools that I particularly look at not beating themselves. Stanford, Alabama, and the three service academies, Army, Navy, and Air Force. You don't get the dumb penalties. You don't get the taunting penalties. You don't get the dropping the ball before you cross the goal line. Those types of things. Um, so crucially important. And when you look at it, even though in college football there's a discrepancy between number one Alabama and number 130, whether it's New Mexico State or anybody mm-hmm. else, there's a far s- separation. But in the NFL, that margin is small. So you need coaches who really kind of hone in on uh, being very uh, detail-oriented. And I think Nick Saban's as good as it gets when it comes to that. Uh, second on the list, uh, Kirby Smart. Um, you know, doesn't come as much of a surprise. Played in two national title games already. Really, you know, I got to tell you, Ben, 
I think the narrative on Nick Saban's different. If and and on Georgia and Kirby Smart, if they don't make that mistake on second and twenty six against Tua and Devontae Smith beats him deep, you know, it's a great what if because Alabama didn't have a strong kicker. The ball's at the twenty five yard line. You lose sixteen yards. You're looking at a fifty eight yard field goal at that point in time, which you're not going to be able to kick. So now, how do you get beat deep in that spot? You just can't allow that to happen if you're out, if you're uh, out, excuse me, um, Georgia mm-hmm. and. Uh, they can win nine national titles in a row, but I think that's one that'll haunt Kirby Smart and company for, forever. It's kind of it's kind of up there with the uh, with the Green Bay fourth and twenty six game against the Eagles, 0-3 uh, divisional playoffs, where it's like how in the, like you you don't play a pre, you play a thirty yard prevent defense on fourth and twenty six, you give up a wide open first down, and and who knows about the legacy of you know like a Brett Favre and the Packer Packer regime there. Totally different. Again, not that anything was guaranteed in either of those situations, but that and as we've talked about all the time. It's, Wow. These single plays are, are amazing. Was that was that against the Eagles or against Eagles. the 49ers? I that was, was thinking the Eagles, about the yeah. play against the 49ers on fourth down. McNabb to a Freddie Mitchell. Oh, yeah, that's up, right. I remember that. An, yeah, yeah. Picked up the easiest 27-yard completion you'll yeah. ever see on fourth and 26 at all. The, uh, I remember went the, on to win in overtime, and, uh, and they went. To, that was the year they lost to the Patriots, Patriots in the Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, I remember uh, Terrell Owens had a big play on fourth down against the Packers uh, from Jeff Garcia. Uh, 98. Uh, are you? T- I, I couldn't even tell you what year. 98 I, I wild card, I believe. I think that was the last Steve Young year. The '98 wild card was the uh, was made the catch with three seconds left. Beat the that Packers might, was by that, uh, was by that Steve Young yeah. instead of Jeff Garcia? I don't even remember. I, yeah. I couldn't even tell you. Listen, I'm I'm worried about the line. I, like that's one thing I respect about people like you who are fans of teams. Mike You're and right. I we're, we're yeah. not like Mike went to Notre Dame. I went to Ohio State. We're you know Mike is completely indifferent on the Irish. Me, I, I like it if Ohio State does well, but I'm not like that big of a fan like everybody. Yeah. Else. I'm like. Whatever you covering the number or not, that's all that matters. <laughs> Are you covering yeah. the number or not? That, that that's a that's a great point. Yeah. For, before we move on to the rest of the list, too, yeah. uh, gets the ten year extension. Does Kirby Smart uh, and that's uh, in that contract for Georgia? Uh, seems like a look. Certainly a sensible decision. Georgia has, has certainly found their guy now for the future. It's yeah. all matter, and the recruiting kind of tells the story too. I mean, he's been very good X's and O's, but he's also been able to recruit, and that's I mean, that's probably more important than anything. I mean, we make fun of some of these politician type coaches, but. At the end of the day, as you point out, when you're in the SEC, you got to get the guys, and Kirby's been able to do that. He's got an opportunity, just like Lincoln Riley does and Sark does at Texas, to have a real run of a dynasty. And the reason why I mentioned those programs over the next guy, Ryan Day at Ohio State, who's 34-4, and he's got two losses in the college football playoff. One to national champion Alabama, another one with a couple of controversial calls against Clemson. Um, so he's had success, uh, has not lost more than two games in a regular season. Um you know, to me, uh, it's really interesting when you look at this team. Yeah, by the way, I got a text message uh, from a friend of mine who was at the game. 98 wild card, Steve Young. Yeah. It uh, uh, burns, burns a hole in my soul. The, um, <laughs> and, and so, anyway, Ryan Day's on the list. He's done a tremendous job. He's recruited well. Um, and then going Kyle Whittingham. His teams, they know what they want to do. They're going to do the same things. He's had great bowl success. Minus the last few years, they've struggled a little bit. But he's been outstanding. And... You know, his Utah team is going to have a great year. I think they got an outside shot to make the college football playoff. And then finally, Sam Pittman. I think at Arkansas, he has done a tremendous job. Remember, he was on Kirby Smart's uh, staff as a defensive coordinator, took over the head coaching job. He's gotten things turned around very quickly there. Been so very, so impressive. Uh, so those are the five guys, Saban, Smart, yeah. Day, Whittingham, and Pittman. But I, I'm sorry, Ben, go ahead. I was, yeah, the, love the last two you you, you yeah. pointed out. And Whittingham, longest tenured coach in the Pac-12. This will be the 18th year. Yeah. I, when I covered the SEC before I moved out here to, to Las Vegas, that Arkansas program was just in the utter depths of hell. I mean, it was it was so bad in Fayetteville. And you, I mean, you, you would go cover games there. And it was just like, you watch that team. They were completely lifeless. They had no future whatsoever. 
And Sam Pittman comes in. It's been a very, very, very quick turnaround there. And um, as we found out at SEC Media Days, like you see the reporter asking him, uh, hey, you guys are 16-6 and six against the spread the last two years. Just want to say thank you. Quite the question, by the way. And Sam Pittman replies, go Hogs. That was all he said. That's a good response by him. You, you're a coach. You don't, you're not even worried about it. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who coached in the SEC. One time he asked me about a spread. I was explaining. He, he didn't even know what it meant, like plus eight and a half, yeah. minus and a half. Look, some guys are in tune with it. Some are not. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. Um, you know, I think some, it, it, obviously nowadays more people are in tune with it just simply because it's out there a lot more, but, uh, you know, Pittman's done a tremendous job, but I want to go back to Kirby Smart. I mentioned, yeah. um, USC in Texas. When you look at Kirby Smart's age, Kirby's, I think 47, 48, 49, somewhere in that range. Um, he's at Georgia, he played at Georgia. Uh, you've got a tremendous, when you go per capita, Georgia's probably got the most talent in the country. So he's got an opportunity to be tremendously successful. Lincoln Riley's similar. Uh, Lincoln Riley's about 40 or 41 at USC. I always say if, if you're going to win, SC's the best place to do it because they can be the most successful because of the talent that you have there. UCLA's a basketball school. Uh, even though they've had success against the Trojans on the football field, SC's a great place. In Texas, everybody talks about it, but here's the reality of it. They have the resources and the in-state ability, but a spending a ton of money. Uh, they're competitive. You see some of the programs that have come up like Baylor, TCU in the last couple of decades. So it's not quite as easy, but I think those are three programs with coaches that are younger and that have the opportunity to have success. Um, Ohio State with Ryan Day as well. But you don't have the same population you one, once mm-hmm. had in the state of Ohio and in the right. Rust Belt area. And it's a lot of it shifted south and west. That's, not, that's a great point. The, the reality of, yes, the recruiting and how college football breaks down. Kirby Smart, uh, 46, by the way. Lincoln Riley, 38. Hard to believe that guy is only... 38 years old there at, uh, at USC. We want to also get to the other side of the Amal A list, the, uh, the, the other list here. These are the coaches Amal does not trust, and this will, this will have a big uh, factor in the handicapping going forward here in this particular college football season. Amal, you got three on the list. Where are we going here? Yeah, let's start on this list. Um, the one guy that I, I would automatically look at it as I'm trying to, I apologize, I'm just trying to pull up my list here. To me, is that. Um, I'm going to give you a hint. On yeah, your go own ahead. List, I, Mississippi I, State. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mike Leach. Mike Leach. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah Mike, Mike Leach is, you know, clock management, game management, especially from a betting standpoint, can be really precarious. Yes. You know, there are times when you need him to go for the extra point, he'll go for two. And then in other scenarios, um, you know, he just takes unnecessary risk on fourth down. Look, I'm a fan of going for it on fourth down, but I think there's a time-scoring situation where it's appropriate. And at times he doesn't do that. And that, that can be a real uh, concern when you're looking at it from a betting standpoint. Yeah, And I, I find it interesting too. You bring up, there's a couple of coaches. The other one I'll get to in a second on your list where it, it, it's, it's a differentiation between coaches who are just in bad programs, teams that just are not winning games and coaches who are in programs that are winning a lot of games in bowl games every, you know, nearly every year, but you still don't trust as a result. Kirk Ferentz is the one we'll go to next of, out of Iowa I mean, Iowa's been such a consistent program under Ferentz, but it, you watch an Iowa game and you feel like it's like 1973 when you watch Kirk Ferentz coach a game. Yeah, well, you know, to me, I, you go back to the 2005 Outback Bowl and Drew Tate bailed them out against LSU. They completely mismanaged the clock and they throw it deep and then LSU didn't play anybody deep and Drew Tate saved them. And to me, it is unbelievable how everyone just glosses over what a catastrophic mistake Iowa made in their clock management late in that game, and they were fortunate enough to be able to win that game against LSU. But I, I'm not a big Kirk Ferentz guy. First of all, from a recruiting standpoint, what's your pitch? Hey, come here. We're going to go Woody Hayes three yards in a cloud of dust. We're going to hope to hold the opponent to 17 points, and our goal is to win this game 17-16. I mean, at some point in time, you got to change with the times, and I, I just don't think he's done that enough. That's a concern for me when I look at, look at him in this, uh, this program. 
Uh, so big question marks there. And then Scott Frost, they lose too many close games. He didn't yeah. have a special teams coach for a long time. Just the inability to get the program going in the right direction. I think he's lasted a lot longer than he would have anywhere else simply because he was national champion quarterback in 97. It's amazing how, how much that, that gets you. As much yeah. leeway, at least having the playing pedigree does. All right, always love a good immoral A-list here on the show. We're going to go back to the NFL up next. Again, update a couple of these baseball scores that are now underway. But it is Matt Freeman who is going to talk some NFL handicapping. Got some favorite win totals that he is certainly looking at. We'll discuss next with Matt right here on Betting Across America. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN College Football Guide is out now, and the Pro Football Guide is coming soon. There's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Reserve your copy of the Football Betting Guides today and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a VSIN All Access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Back on Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM with Amal Shaw. I'm Ben Wilson. Still nothing, nothing. These two uh, pseudo-early games we've just see, seen get underway, but it uh, looks like Justin Verlander, Logan Gilbert, each locked into this point, Amal, there in the uh, second inning. Yeah, absolutely. Bro. Gilbert has struck out the first four hitters he's faced and uh, really being effective right now is 237 Kyle Hitter. Uh, Kyle Tucker coming to the plate here. Meanwhile, not not exactly a 28-run pace again for the Toronto Blue Jays after <laughs> no. what they had last night. Franchise record, 28 runs, nothing, nothing there. Alec Manoa got into some trouble there for the Jays in the bottom of the first, but gets out of it as we go to the second. All right, back to some NFL conversation as we welcome in Matthew Friedman, in, who's the director of content there for Betting Pros. You can give him a follow at Matt F. The Oracle. So here we are, Matt, under 50 days now until the start of NFL season. I know you're, you're covering a lot of fantasy stuff as well, but also looking at some win totals here is a better start to make their preparations for uh, all of their different wagering options here on the NFL season. What have been some of your big takeaways just generally as you've started to dive into the prep here and then try to find some angles on this 2022 campaign? Yeah, the number that really stands out to me is looking at the Las Vegas Raiders and, and taking the under there that they have. And, you know, I don't know if that's a, a chalky thing or a square thing to do, uh, you know, given in Las Vegas. But, I mean, at eight and a half, I think the under is just screaming, especially if you look at a stretch of the schedule. Weeks eight to 14, that is such a tough stretch for the Raiders. Uh, they have five of seven of those games away. Uh, in weeks eight, nine, you look, they have uh, at Saints, at Jags. They have to travel east for both of those games. Both of them kick off at 1 p.m. They have a week 10 home game against the Colts, and then they have another set of back-to-back road games at the Broncos, you know, elevation divisional rematch, going to the Seahawks, who have, you know, a good home field advantage and coming off of the bye. The Seahawks, you know, one of the worst teams in the league, but playing in Seattle, off of the uh, off of the buy there, one of the worst situations that you could have if you're playing the Seahawks. And then in week 13, 14, they have consecutive games against the Chargers and the Rams. I mean, the Raiders could easily go two and five in that stretch, and then they have, I think, a pretty tough stretch to close the year: Patriots, Steelers, 49ers, and Chiefs. So, just looking at under eight and a half, that looks really enticing to me. Hey, you mentioned this Raiders team. Uh, who do you like for the AFC West? Because I think it's one of the most competitive divisions I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, it's. I know that the Chiefs are no longer uh, with Tyreek Hill. You know, their wide receiver unit is kind of the smorgasbord of who knows. 
but they are still the team that I am probably going to go with. And, you know, I've, I've done my power ratings. I'm looking at the numbers uh, that I have against all of the, uh, you know, the look ahead lines that you can get at various books. And I am routinely just a little bit higher on the chiefs in every game. And, you know, maybe I'm just too high on them across the board, but I think that means I'm probably going to back the chiefs, even if that's the kind of chalky thing to do, really, it means there's probably no value in the number and I should just lay off. But if I had to bet, I would be betting on the chiefs. It's funny though. Cause we, you know, we, depending on what circles you, you know, you go and you can always kind of limit your own, I get, you know, thought presses right on some of these teams where all the people I've talked to, like I'm all on Matt this off season, everybody seems to love the Raiders and being all over their overs. And I haven't heard anybody want to suggest that the chiefs have, you know, represent any value. So it's just kind of funny how we is, be- you know, we as betters go down that mental rabbit hole. Vicky, here's some friends you respect say, Oh, I love, you know, love team a, or I'm not really high in team B. And all of a sudden that kind of in your own mind becomes, well, I guess it's kind of square if I just follow whatever they're saying. It's just amazing how that works. But the reality is, like there are so many different opinions we can get out there and there are so many different valid points you can make for why you like it, like or dislike a certain team, as you certainly make there with the Raiders. Third top of schedule if you're comparing it uh, to, to the Vegas win totals this season. I, I just find that a really fascinating um, kind of a practice is how you go, you know, how you go through a, a preseason and figure out where you think value lies or does not lie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a process where, uh, you know, I think you come up with uh, your power ratings. You look at production. Uh, look at a number of things and then just kind of go through the schedule, you know, and uh, look at the various teams there. And, you know, I think of the Packers, you know, how do you take Devonte Adams and, you know, his loss and, you know, the gain for the Raiders, how do you take that into account? Uh, obviously the, the Packers, it's not just Devonte Adams. who's not there. They lost other wide receivers too. And they've got a tough stretch in the middle of the year, weeks five through 13. I mean, it's a nine game stretch where, I mean, I think that's one of the worst stretches uh, that any team has this year. Uh, I mean, the Packers, they're a great team, but the NFL is going to make Aaron Rodgers work for it this year, just based on all of, all of the games that he has there. Uh, I mean, I can run through them really quickly. Giants in London. That's not like uh, an easy, uh, not an easy situation to go to London and then to have to come home right after that and play the Jets. Both the Giants and the Jets are bad teams, but those are not, not optimal circumstances. And then they have three road games right after that. Commanders, Bills, Lions, you know, those are tougher situations to be in. Uh, no give me's in division. And then at home for the first time, back-to-back games, not until weeks 10 and 11 do they have that situation and have to play the Cowboys and the Titans, both of whom won their divisions last year. And then again, back-to-back games on the road at the Eagles who were in the playoffs last year and then at the Bears in a divisional rematch. That's just a really tough schedule before getting to the week 14 bye. You know, that's also a big disadvantage that the Packers have no rest until week 14. I think you bring up a really good point about that game in London, among other things with the Packers. It's not as simple as people think it is to be an interesting team to keep an eye out for. We were talking about the Dallas Cowboys a little bit earlier. Uh, Matthew, what do you think about this Cowboys team? Do you believe Philadelphia should be the favorite in this division or who do you like to win it? But uh, give me your thoughts on Dallas overall. So I should just say, you know, to uh, be fully transparent, I am a Cowboys fan, which means that I, I tend to be too hard on them when, uh, you know, just the, the pessimist in me tends to be too hard on, on them when uh, I'm creating my, my power ratings. Uh, I, I do think that the Eagles have the better roster. Uh, and if Jalen Hurts takes another step forward, I do think that they will win the division over the Cowboys. And you look at you know, the Cowboys have two tough games to start the year. Uh, you know, they've got the Buccaneers and the Bengals. They could easily lose both of those games. 
And then in weeks three through six, they have at the Giants, Commanders, at Rams, at Eagles. You could see how the Cowboys lose three out of those four games, you know, being on the road, playing the Rams, and then on the road with the Eagles. I don't know. It, if the Cowboys are, you know, one and five, oh and six to start the year, I mean, they're going to be firing Mike McCarthy. That would certainly happen. I mean, you got to think the leash is not very, uh, not all that long this year for one uh, coach McCarthy in Dallas. One more to throw at you here before we let you go again, follow him at a Matt F the Oracle director of content there for betting pros. You talked about how you feel like the Packers have some really tough, uh, really tough scheduling situations there this year. There's a team you're very high on though, in that division, uh, Detroit explain why you, you do like the Lions coming out of that division, maybe not to win, but at least to go over the six and a half win total this season. Yeah, you know, it, in Vegas, it's sort of like this this open secret that people are really on the Lions this year. It's a long shot playoff team, uh, a long shot team to win the division, and you know, people are looking over six, six and a half as their win total. And I gotta say, that stretch, that final stretch of the season, weeks fourteen to eighteen, if you are of the opinion that the Lions actually are this team that is going to take a step forward. And they really outperformed against the spread last year, you know, underdogs in every game. And they covered a lot of them. This is the schedule. I mean, this is the, the part of the schedule to keep an eye on the final five games, host the Vikings and then back-to-back road games at the jets and the Panthers host the bears. And then week 18, go to Lambeau and face the Packers. You know, if you are a team that wants to be in the playoffs, you have to win against bad teams on the road. And that's the jets and the Panthers. And if you're the kind of team that wants to compete in the division, you need to hold serve at home when you are playing in the NFC North. And so that means beating the Vikings, beating the bears in your home stadium. And then if you want to be the divisional champ, yeah, go into Lambeau in week 18, you know, and take the crown from the Packers in their own house. Right. I doubt that happens. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think that they have a pretty good chance of winning three out of those four games. And if that happens in the final stretch, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to go over six and a half pretty easily. Seeing that uh, still juice right now, uh, even money there to go over minus a buck 20 there if you like the under on the six and a half. Matthew Friedman, NFL betting analyst, director of content there at Betting Pros. Uh, very kind to give us some time here on a Saturday betting across America. Um, at Matt F. The Oracle is where you find all of his great work on Twitter. Really appreciate the time, and uh, I'm sure we'll be catching up as well before we get to toward the start of the NFL season. Really appreciate it. All right, gentlemen. Have a great one. Thank Absolutely. Uh, still nothing, nothing there, Mo, in uh, in Seattle here. Looks like the uh, the Mariners they've they get, get a run around there against Justin Verlander. But it, we were talking about this off air. Just one of those pitchers where if you don't get to him with your top stout, stout guys in the heart of the order, he just makes mincemeat of some of these some of these weaker bottom half of the orders. And he's been doing that uh, so far, really all year, and then doing it again today as he gets himself uh, now towards let's see Adam Frazier up with a nine game hitting streak uh, toward the bottom bottom of that order there in Seattle. Yeah, absolutely, and I think uh, you got to take advantage when you have an opportunity against pitchers like this. Not not the easiest thing to do with a guy with a sub two ERA and uh, right on cue gets a one pitch pop out in foul territory to the left side. When we return, speaking of some of those scheduling spots we were just talking about with Matt, which teams could get off to hot starts or very slow starts, and are there ways we can capitalize and bet on them? We'll discuss next as we continue. It is final of final end of our second hour right here on Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddy makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code VSIN200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with the King of Sportsbooks. Eligibility restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. As we're back betting across America, here from the Circus Sportsbook Studio in Las Vegas, I'm all Shaw, who's got tennis channel up on the old uh, on the old iPad there. What, what do you what do you got uh, going on? Sweating? Right no, now? I'm just look, I'm just watching a match. I like to watch a lot of the players just to kind of see how they perform against see? players they haven't performed against. But uh, Alec Manoa just gave up a home run, then gave up a base hit to Jackie Bradley oh. Jr. and a nice misplay out in right field there. Uh, was that Rodriguez? I didn't see who it was out there. Uh, that was that was Haggerty there in, uh, Haggerty? in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing in the top of the third, but the base runner does reach there on a slight misplay, and yeah, Alec Manoa gives up 
that gives up a big fly there in that Blue Jays Red Sox game to Bobby Dahlbeck, eighth of the year at one nothing. I I brought what up what you were doing, all just because I appreciate how we talk so much in, in betting in general. We're gonna get to some of these NFL props in a second. How I think the one reason why NFL is such a popular sport to bet on, at least for me, is kind of a like an OCD type sports viewer, is you actually have the ability to watch every single NFL game every single season. And to me, that matters. Yeah. A lot of people will just bet strictly based on the numbers and aren't really doing a lot of the actual game watching itself. But I mean, you're so you're just you're watching tennis so that you can actually because we're going to talk U.S. Open odds in a little bit because you actually want to see these players and see how they compete in different circumstances. And that a lot of times, like the tennis advanced numbers don't necessarily tell the whole story. You got to actually know how a player competes in certain settings to really have a good grasp on, on their actual chances of win equities in some of these tournaments. 100%. And um, I, I think that's very crucial. You know, it's just like we talk about with certain teams, how they execute in certain scenarios, very important. And I think it's similar in tennis as well. Um, as uh, Manoa just throws a wild pitch now, running Jeez. on third. Noah. I, you know, it's funny. Uh, Manoa on paper should be the easy, clear-cut favorite, which he was around 175 today. But to me, when I look at it, you get embarrassed 28 to five professional mm -hmm. team. You're going to have a team fight back. We'll see what happens in the rest of this game. But uh, I, I thought, you know, Boston might've been the one you look at, but it's hard to go against Manoa. He's actually pitched well. He, no, he has. It's, it's big uh, in, in a fantasy baseball sense guy. I'm heavily invested in. And I was immediately just kind of what you say, just naturally a little bit nervous last night where I, I knew I had Manoa going today. Yeah. And you get the night before the team gets 28 runs of support. I'm thinking, okay, it's probably going to be like a one nothing loss today and I'm going to get, get screwed here. But anyway, it is one nothing Boston and they've got to run around third with, with just one out. I will update the rest of the baseball scores that at the top of our next hour here, we'll have a few games still to come. Derek Cardi going to join us in about a half hour. VEASAN contributor to break down the rest of the night slate in major league baseball. But I thought what uh, Matt Friedman brought up, Mamal, represents a pretty interesting point. And you can, you know, we, so, we have to weigh so many different things when we're looking at our handicaps of NFL teams. The schedule, though, does make a, make a big difference in a lot of cases. And there could be spots where we, we feel like teams are in positions to either get off to really good starts or really, really bad starts. So let's take a look at some of these uh, props that we have on offer from BetMGM. Uh, we'll look at teams that are certainly priced pretty favorably to get off to very, very good starts this year. If you're looking at 4-0 beginnings to seasons, Chargers are a short shot plus 275. You could obviously bet any one of these if, if you really wanted to. Broncos 3-1, to Eagles, Bengals plus 350. As weird as this is to say, and I know the Broncos have the Seahawks week one yeah. projected to be very, very bad. Can I, are you allowing me to just sort of say like the Broncos, I don't, I don't get why you would ever make a wager on this considering you, you are going to, you're backing a team to go 4-0 with a, Rookie head coach who has not called plays in multiple years and, and is working now with a brand new quarterback who's in only his second NFL franchise and has a not, I mean, again, it's, it's an interesting schedule to start off for Denver. That's the first team I would cross off. I have no interest in betting Denver, even though on paper, that's a team that should be very strong this year. I just, you always see these new circumstances take time to develop and find some cohesion there. I expect that to happen in Denver with Russell Wilson. I, I completely agree with your assessment there. Uh, I see these uh, hot start, shortest odds to start 4-0. I'll tell you one thing. I would never make any of these bets because you're better off taking the money line on these teams for four consecutive well, games yeah, and I mean, parlaying that or just rolling it over every time than what the price you're getting here at plus two seventy-five, three dollars um, I, I think these numbers are skewed. They're not high enough. I'm with you. Uh, looking, If we just look at some of these, uh, the schedules here yeah. for these. Uh, so the uh, if you look at the Broncos again to start out, it, look, it's, it's Seahawks, Texans, Niners, and Raiders in the first four games. So sure, you're, they're like they're favored by what four four and a half five points on the road in Seattle that opening Monday night. They'll probably be near double digit home favorites against Houston in in the second game. But yeah, as you point out, it's a Sunday night 
game at home against San Francisco. That'll be a very tightly lined game. And then in Las Vegas against the Raiders, again, pretty tightly lined game. They'll, they'll probably be either, a, I would say, a, a small dog to maybe a pick them, maybe depending on how the first few weeks go. Sure, you could maybe see them as a very slight favorite. The point being, yes, plus three, yeah, three to one, not really getting uh, much of a of a bang for your buck. From just the raw the, the the raw scheduling standpoint, though, is there a team on that list that you do feel like has a pretty good chance, even if you wouldn't make a bet on that specific prop here to get off to a really good start this year? Uh, you know, I'd have to look at other people's schedule to be able to make the comment on that accurately. Uh, but the Chargers, I know uh, they've got a good opportunity. Uh, I think this is a team you have to look at. You look at Denver, you mentioned at Seattle. That would be an interesting return game mm. there. Texans, they should win at home. The San Francisco game is going to be a challenging one. That will not be an easy game. Probably be about a three-point favorite at home. And then at the Raiders, where the Chargers open with the Raiders, they're at the Chiefs, um, Jaguars, and at Texans. Uh, you know, I, I didn't understand why their odds were plus two-something to start 4-0. I know it's it's a it's, it's yeah. a little funny when you look at it because again I mean it's not like the Chargers are huge favorites. Well, they I mean they'll they'll be dogs week two in Kansas yeah. City. Look, you're going to be a favored week three and and four certainly regardless of of the outcome. But yeah, you look at some of these numbers. I just start looking at some of the strength of schedules and where where these teams will maybe match up with you know with, with very favorable starts up to their seasons. I the Colts is one that I would love to have any conviction on them all because he's opened the year with Jacksonville yeah. and Houston. But what have we seen the last two years with Indianapolis? Keep in mind, both of those games are on the road. Right. You go to you go to Jacksonville week one two years ago. I remember myself. Many other people had Indianapolis and Survivor. I know you you never like taking road teams and Survivor well, them all. And I learned I learned my lesson the hard way. They lost week one and then followed that up last year. Lost in week eighteen in Jacksonville. But well, it's not just week. I mean, on the road. But the other the other thing is you got a division opponent. I don't want to take yeah. them against a division opponent. That, that's another concern I have there. And we saw them, uh, you know, have a debacle there in week one and then last year in week 17. Remember, I had, a, had an in-season Colts to make the playoffs wager at plus, I think, 140, 150. And uh, they were, what, 17-point favorites on the road in week 18, thinking I'm good, and it did not exactly work Tre- out. Trevor Lawrence, see, to me, that's a great spot where you just go bet the Jaguars on the money line. Yeah, no, I get it. I, mean, I get it. I it, didn't. I didn't have the wherewithal to even think that was. It was one of those. It's like plus one forty. It wasn't like an insanely huge plus price. So I just figured, look, I'm letting this thing ride. I don't. I don't feel like there's any chance. And yeah. of course, it's the NFL. I mean, you never know. Yeah. For I mean, to, it, you know, I've been doing this long enough. Where in sports, anybody can be beaten. Yeah. It, nothing it, is. A, nothing yeah. Is exactly. A what about the flip side here? Teams that we are not necessarily going to be high on uh, in a general sense to begin with, who could get off to very slow starts. I don't know if would the numbers make any more sense at all on on these teams if they're going to be big dogs anyway, and you'd be having to lay pretty big money line prices against them, yeah. or it would or the the same principle still apply as we talked about with the four and zero props? Well, yeah, no, it's different because remember here the money line's a different scenario because you you'd have to take the opponent and roll it over. Um, you'd still come out better than plus one fifty against the Texans, so I, I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the schedule with them, and then of course. Falcons are a team I would consider plus 225. I think Atlanta's going to really struggle. Quarterback play is going to be questionable. Marcus Mariota, hopefully he improves. I like Marcus. I hope he has a great career. But uh, right now, what we've seen out of him, it doesn't seem like he's going to be the guy. And that's a team that has like a bottom 11 strength of schedule, 23rd uh, toughest strength of schedule to begin. And so you go home Saints, where again, that Saints are just are going to be favored there, but not by an exorbitant amount. Yeah. But like at at the Rams, you will be double digit underdogs there. At Seattle, kind of remains to be seen. Yeah. Seattle would be favored, and then home, Cleveland, presumably with a backup quarterback. So 
again, even in, even in a situation like Atlanta where we're not expecting good things, even at plus 225, there's really only one game where you're going to be ridiculously priced, priced through the moon, where if you did want to do the rollover, that would probably make more sense. Uh, certainly tend to agree with you, though, on, on Atlanta. And, I mean, the Chicago Bears are the other team where I, I just wonder, again, this is sort of aside the point from the actual number here, but what what do you get early out of Chicago where you have, a again, you're, you're maybe targeting some of these first-year head coaches where the personnel, as we have discussed, kind of ad nauseum here, not not much to write home about, and you have a young quarterback in, in a Justin Fields, they will open up San Francisco, Green Bay. Now you do get Houston at home and then the Giants on the road. I'm not convinced. I mean, look, Houston, who, who knows? I mean, it's, it's one of those games where that's, that's the only one that could potentially, where the Bears could find a win, I think, in the first four weeks. I would agree with you. A lot of question marks. I'm not sure Justin Fields is the guy in Chicago. That remains to be seen. Uh, this is going to be really interesting in terms of some of these teams here. I think the Jets are going to be improved. I love their draft. I like the Giants draft as yeah. well, but I think the Giants still have a big question mark at quarterback. I think this is also a long way of saying, probably don't bet these props. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, there's yeah. so many props to bet, but that's why we do the exercise. We want to go through all these because the menus, they grow every single year. Yeah. There's a lot more things you can bet on now on a year-to-year basis in the National Football League. Maybe this is one you just kind of stay away from. I don't know. That's, that's just my thought. We're going to handicap some U.S. Open tennis on the other side, update all the baseball scores as we roll into hour number three here on Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.